हरे कृष्णा डिटीज वेलकम टू द्रीमद भागवतम क्लास टूडे वी आर फॉर्चुनेट टू हर हिज ग्रेस श्री अनंत महाप्रभु जी फ्रॉम वेस्ट वर्जीनिया एंड प्रभु जी विल एनलाइटन अस ऑन द श्रीमद भागवतम चैप्टर ट्वेंटी कैंटो फिफ्थ चैप्टर ट्वेंटी एंड वर्स नंबर ट्वेंटी फोर हरे कृष्णा प्रभु प्लीज टेक ओवर Hare Krishna, all glories to Sri Guru Guranga. Well, first of all, I'm in Maryland, not in West Virginia. Here's so, the, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, it's from Maryland. Yeah. And uh, my name is Anu Chamad. I don't even know. I didn't hear if you got that right or not. But that's okay. Uh, oh, I see. Yes, we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam today. We're in an interesting canto, interesting chapter. Uh, a subject that's uh, not often spoke about, the universe. Descriptions of the universe are here. So, well, many of these uh, verses do not have purports, and the first one we come to, I think, is in three or four verses, and it's only like two sentences. So we'll read, uh, we'll read a number of verses to uh, at least... Uh, try to get a grasp of uh, the subject matter, which is not understandable by most people. So <clears throat> we'll begin. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Narayanam Namaskritya Narancaivan Arutamam Devam Saraswatim Vyasam Tatojayam Udirayat. So, Bhagavatam, fifth canto, chapter 20, text 24. Since I'm going to be going through a lot of verses, I will just read the translation first and go through to the next one. Uh, like I said, this <clears throat> subject matter, it's interesting to note that, the, that these Vedic scriptures talk about the universe. I was thinking of this yesterday, that other religious scriptures of the world, the Bible, the Quran, the Buddhist, Buddhist texts, they don't talk about the universe. They're strictly dealing with subject matter in this world. And therefore, most of the followers, or shall I say pretty exclusively the followers of these other religions, do not believe that there is life beyond this earth. They have, uh, there's no description, no information, so they accept that the earth is the only place and nothing else has any, any life on it. So just making that comment. So I'll read the translation. So outside the ocean of milk is another island, Sankadweep, which has a width of 25,600,000 miles. As Krunkadweep is surrounded by its own ocean of milk, Shakadweep is surrounded by an ocean of curded yogurt, as broad as the island itself. In this Sankadweep, there is a big Saka tree from which the island takes its name. This tree is very fragrant. Indeed, it leads its sense... It lends its sense to the entire island. There's no purport, and of course, this is quite beyond our perception. Uh, if we uh, 
understand the modern science, the telescope was not even invented until a few hundred years ago. And before that, they had no conception of uh, seeing beyond what the naked eye could see. But here we see uh, that the Vyasadeva has written all of this information. Of course, Vyasadeva is receiving it from his guru, Narada. Narada is receiving it from his guru, Lord Brahma. Lord Brahma is born from the navel of Lord Vishnu. So we're dealing with information coming down from superior people. So the next uh, verse is, the master of this island, also one of the sons of Priyavrata, was known as Medhatita, Medhatiti. He also divided this island into seven sections, named according to the names of his own sons, whom he made the kings of that island. The names of those sons are Puro Java, Mano Java, Parvamana, Duranika, Chitrarepa, Bahurupa, and Vishvadara. So after dividing the island and situating his sons as the rulers, Midhatiti personally retired and to fix his mind completely upon the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he entered a forest suitable for meditation. Now there's no purport here, but it, it is worth mentioning about the concept of retirement, retiring, uh, at, least, uh, at least in my, you know, we all, Get to as old age comes upon us, and we have uh, been successful or or partially successful in our business adventures and family life, and maintaining uh, and surviving in this world. We get to the point in our life where it's time to retire, time to give up worldly activities and focus more on spiritual activities. So here we see the king is uh, doing this. So this is a good example, and this is what the Varna Ashram system is all about. In our youth, we are the, uh, the men. This is for the men. Varna Ashram basically talks about activities for the men. Brahmacharya. Brahmacharya means he's student life, celibate student life, taking instructions from the spiritual master. Then, uh, 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 you know, in his youth, uh, approximately mid-twenties, uh, he enters into family life, takes a wife, and uh, has a family, has an occupation, has children, and this goes on, you know, many, many years. And then there's the Vanaprasa concept, theoretically at the age of 50-ish, that he begins to back away from so many business activities and running of the affairs of the family, taking more to the process of um, pilgrimage, uh, visiting holy places, associating, uh, going to the temple. Of course, 
for those of us that live in America, there are there's not the, this holy places that we have in India, but we have our temples that are developed by uh, our spiritual master. Also, other temples we can visit. Uh, we can go to New Brindaban. We can go to Alachua. <laughs> there are big festivals and attend these festivals. Avada Prasa does not mean that he is by himself. He's also traveling with his wife. So not that he's uh, renouncing his family at that time. But then later on, it's recommended if you live 100 years, 50 years, you, you retire. 75 years, you take sannyas. Of course, sannyas isn't for everyone. In fact, it's not so much recommended in this age. But the idea is to retire from worldly activities and become more and more involved in meditation and self-realization. And if one is so inclined uh, to preach the message of Krishna consciousness, he can take that up full time. So we'll go to the next verse. Number 26. Translation. From these lands also there are seven boundary mountains and seven rivers. The mountains are Ishana, Urushringha, Balabhadra, Satakshara, Sahasrasrota, Devapala and Mahan Asa. The rivers, then there's the seven names of the seven rivers. The rivers are Anga, Ayurda, Udbayaspriyasti, Aparajita, Panchapadi, Sahasra Suti, Anijadriti. So these are all Vedic names. Uh, no purport again. Uh, text 27. The inhabitants of those islands are also divided into four castes, which are Ritravarta, Satyavarta, Dhanavarta, and Anuvarta which exactly resemble Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaisha, and Sudra. They practice pranayama and mystic yoga, and in trance they worship the Supreme Lord in the form of Vayu. So no purport here either, but I will comment that um, this people in India, people think, I, I remember when Prabhupada was preaching in India, the reporter would come and say, you are trying to revive the caste system again? And Prabhupada said, we are not reviving caste system. The var it is called Varnashram. And these are natural divisions in society. So here we see, even in this, uh, these higher planets, the society is divided by Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaishya, and Sudra which directly correspond to one's uh, activities. So, we under, of course, we understand these terms to some extent. Uh, the brahmana is the uh, priestly person. 
educated in Vedic literatures, uh, knows the scriptures, uh, and then the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna describes the Brahmana, peaceful, truthful, cleanliness, austerity, mercy, knowledge, and realized knowledge. He said, these are the activities by which the Brahmanas work. And the Kshatriyas, more the administrative people, the military people. Arjun was a Kshatriya. And then the Vaishyas, the businessman, uh, and the farmers. And the Sudras are the working class of people. And these are also, these divisions are based on people's modes of nature. And there's a, in the Bhagavad Gita, there's a whole chapter of modes of material nature. So there's goodness, passion, and ignorance. Sattvagun, Rajagun, and Tamagun. So the Brahmana is basically uh, guided mostly by the mode of goodness. The Kshatriya has some passion because he wants to lead, he wants to be military person or, or be uh, running government. So he has passion and, uh, passion and goodness. The Vaishya is more ignorance and passion. You know, he has a desire for business uh, or, or farming. And the Sudra is basically more or less in the mode of ignorance. Of course, Prabhupada always explained that in, in India that the downfall of the Vedic society or Vedic culture in general was because this Varnashram system became a hierarchy controlled by the Brahmanas. And uh, they felt uh, as an exclusive class of people without giving the opportunity for other people, other castes, to uh, also make advancement in spiritual life and understand the scriptures. The Brahmana should be liberal and he should be giving education to everyone and anyone. And we see in the, uh, practically 500 years ago in the life and activities of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Lord Chaitanya, that he did not discriminate. He was merciful to everyone. His, uh, one of his names was Patita Pavana. He was the deliverer of the, of, uh, the most fallen people of everyone. So he would, he would preach to the Brahmanas. He would preach to the Sudras. He gave, he gave everyone a chance to take up uh, Krishna consciousness, uh, mainly through the process of chanting the holy names. This, this he described, this is the Yuga Dharma. In other ages, they, they had temple worship. They had yajnas, uh, more difficult activities. But in the age of Kali, Harinama, Harinama, Harinama eva kevalam, Kaloa nasteva, 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 gati ranyata. They take up the chanting is the only way. Kaloa nasteva, the only way in the age of Kali is this chanting of the holy names. So we'll keep reading because there's no purport, and we'll get to one. I think maybe we're on 28 here. This one has a three-sentence purport, but we'll, we'll read this. Uh, in parentheses, it says here, the inhabitants of Sakadweep worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the form of Vayu in the following words. So then the actual verse is, O Supreme Person, situated as the super soul within the body, you direct the various actions of the different heirs, such as prana 
and thus you maintain all living entities. O Lord, O super soul of everyone, O controller of the cosmic manifestation under whom everything exists, may you protect us from all dangers. So this is the prayer uh, given by the residents of that uh, planet. And they worship the, they worship the uh, Lord in the form of Vayu. Vayu means the air, uh, particularly the prana, the life air within. So the purport here is, by Srila Prabhupada, our first purport, through the mystic yoga practice called pranayama, the yogi controls the airs within the body to maintain the body in a healthy condition. In this way, the yogi comes to the point of trance and tries to see the super soul within the core of his heart. Pranayama is the means to obtain samadhi, or trance, in order to fully absorb oneself in seeing the Supreme Lord as antaryami, the super soul within the core of the heart. Thus ends the purport. So Prabhupada explains a little bit about what is pranayama, or the uh, mystical yoga process. Of course, this has become a popular um, business, shall we say, in the West, of people teaching yoga. I think, you, I think you can go to any town and find a yoga studio nowadays. But if you go there, uh, you will not find them trying to meditate on, the, control the life airs and meditate on the super soul within. It is strictly for health, and uh, good, uh, good health and bodily maintenance, particularly to uh, stay fit and thin. Um, it has nothing really to do with uh, understanding God or the super soul within us. But the original idea of yoga is to realize Krishna or Lord Vishnu within our heart, uh, not simply just to become expert in doing so many types of uh, exercises. But this is how things have become. But uh, actually in our Krishna conscious movement, uh, many of our devotees go to these yoga studios because people, all, all the yoga studios know that yoga comes from India and from the Vedas. Uh, but they don't have much idea about it. So a lot of our devotees go to these yoga studios and are invited to have uh, kirtan, and they explain that this is also a type of yoga, kirtan yoga, and they get the people to chant. Now this was Prabhupada's idea also in the very beginning, to come and chant. He, he did, philosophy was not, uh, you know, he gave his evening classes, of course, in 26 Second Avenue, on Bhagavad Gita, but mainly he wanted to encourage the newcomers to chant the Maha Mantra and to take uh, prasadam. And this way they'd become purified and gradually understand what is Krishna consciousness. Krishna consciousness means to realize Krishna within oneself, become conscious of Krishna. In the Bhagavad Gita, it says, Manmana, Krishna says, Manmana Bhavad Bhakti Majaji Mam Namaskaru. He said, Just think of me, become my devotee, bow down before me. So people ask, uh, What does God want from me? You know, what, what is my mission? What, is, uh, what should I do to please God? 
And very clearly, Krishna says, just think of me. Just become my devotee. Bow down before me. So this is what we aspire for in Krishna consciousness, to think of Krishna 24 hours a day. And we think of Krishna easily by chanting his names. And then we also have so many books of philosophy and of pastimes of activities of the Lord to meditate on. So there's a couple verses in the Bhagavad Gita here I marked off in relationship to uh, the universe. Uh, first one is chapter 10, text 8. Krishna says, Aham sarvasya prabhavo matat sarvam pavartate iti matva bhajante mam buddhabhava samavitaha. And the translation of that is, I am the source of all spiritual and material worlds. Everything emanates from me. The wise who perfectly know this engage in my devotional service and worship me with all their hearts. So in the very first line here, he says, I am the source of all spiritual and material worlds. So we're reading about these other planets, which we didn't even know it. We still don't know they exist from our telescopes. We cannot see, we cannot see these things. Uh, we become very proud thinking we have spaceships and we're going out to outer space, but the uh, the universe is such a vastness. And there are so many universes, uh, we cannot perceive of it. But we bring it all back to understanding that it, Krishna, the Supreme Lord, Vishnu, Lord Krishna, everything is coming from him. Everything material and everything spiritual. And then there's another section under the universal form. Of course, we, we're familiar with Bhagavad Gita. And in the 11th chapter, Lord Krishna reveals to Arjuna at the, just before the battle is to begin, he shows his universal form. And uh, there's a few verses here. Let's see, I'm 20, 21, 22, and 23 in chapter 11. It says, all the hosts of demigods are surrendering before you and entering into you. Some of them, very much afraid, are offering prayers with folded hands. Hosts of great sages and perfected beings crying, all peace, are praying to you by singing the Vedic hymns. And the next verse is, all the various manifestations of Lord Shiva, the Adichas, the Vasus, the Sadyas, the Visvedavas and the two Asvins, the Maruts, the forefathers, the Gandharvas, the Yakshas, the Asuras, and the perfected demigods are beholding you in wonder. And text 23, O mighty armed one, all the planets with the demigods are disturbed at seeing your great form. With its many faces, eyes, arms, thighs, legs, and bellies, and your many terrible teeth, as they are disturbed, so am I. So here Arjuna is offering his prayers and, his, and what he sees in the universal form. And Arjuna is very well aware, and as he can see in the universal form, he can see the devas, the demigods and the higher planets. He can see Lord Shiva. He can see the Vasus, the 
Ashwinis, the Maruts, the Forefathers, the Gandharvas, the Yakshas. He sees all these personalities. He says, all the hosts of the... the, the all the hosts of the demigods are surrendering before you and entering into you. So he sees that all these personalities from the higher planetary systems are entering into the form of the Varata Rupa or universal form. So this is a, a vision of the cosmic manifestation, which we are reading about here in the Srimad Bhagavatam. So we, we should take from this... Uh, that the universe is populated, that there are higher planetary systems. This information we get from the Vedas. We cannot perceive of this information anywhere else. You cannot go on CNN or Google and type in, uh, you know, what's going on in other planets. They don't know. Only Srimad Bhagavatam and the Vedic scriptures describe these higher planetary systems where, there's, where life is going on, here we were reading about the king is retiring and going to meditate on the antaryami, the super soul within, and we see that the uh, other, other places, uh, the society is divided through the Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Sudra, as is described in the Bhagavad Gita. Krishna says, Chatur Vanyam Maya Shishtam Guna Karma Vibhagasa that uh, the society should be divided or is divided naturally. Chatur Vanya Mayash is Chatur is four. The four ashrams and the four varnas. Varnas mean occupation and ashrams mean our uh, uh, steps in life as the student, the married man, the retired man, and the uh, renounced man. So I'm going to read one or two more because the next ones don't have purports either and uh, eventually we'll get through this <laughs> section of the Srimad Bhagavatam. This, of course, is not... Uh, this, we're not like reading Krishna Leela with Mother Yasoda uh, uh, or Kurikshetra or Dwarka or Mathura. Uh, but Sukadev Goswami is sitting with Parikshit, who only has seven days, but he feels this is important information to describe to him. So the uh, next verse is, uh, which is number one minute, 29, 29. So it says, outside the ocean of yogurt is another island known as Pushkaradweep, which is 51,200,000 miles wide, twice as wide as the ocean of yogurt. It is surrounded by an ocean of very tasteful water as broad as the island itself. On Pushkaradweep, there is a great lotus flower with 100 million pure golden petals as effulgent as the flames of fire. That lotus flower is considered the sitting place of Lord Brahma, who is the most powerful living being and who is therefore sometimes called Bhagavan. So no purport here. But here we we get to the point uh, at the top of the universe where Lord Brahma is living. 
and he's he's born from the lotus flower which emanates from the navel of Lord Vishnu lying lying down and here here it describes there are a hundred million pure golden petals so very big lotus flower with lots of petals and Brahma who is the first created being who is the author of the Brahma Samhita uh, gets his direction from Lord Vishnu in how to create the universe. So I would like to take a minute, because this is, like I said, technical subjects, uh, not, not subjects that one would discuss with a new person, not subjects that Prabhupada even discusses in lectures uh, specifically. So I'd like to go to something more uh, practical in the sense of uh, we can deal with it. So in um, Melbourne in April 1976, Prabhupada goes to Melbourne, Australia. By studying Prabhupada's way of preaching, we should also or can also learn how to preach Krishna consciousness to others. What is important and, and, and what is first to be discussed Discussion of the universe is not the first thing you talk about when you meet a new person. <laughs> this is an advanced subject, uh, kind of a, a bit of an esoteric subject, uh, but it does exist, and we should know that there are other planets, higher beings, and lower beings. There's the lower planets also. Where we go if uh, we are sinful. And we suffer. In fifth canto, there's a whole section also of the various hells uh, of this world. So in Melbourne, Prabhupada meets a uh, newspaper reporter, and uh, his name is Brian Singer. So he's interviewing Prabhupada, and he's asking, you know, the kind of questions that every reporter asks, basic questions. So I'd like to just uh, go over some of those points that he's bringing up because we can see how Prabhupada preaches. And so Mr. Singer says, quote, he says, do many people follow Krishna consciousness by reading books in this method, you know, receiving our books? And Prabhupada says here that you cannot, this is Prabhupada speaking, you cannot expect that everyone should be an MA or a PhD. So Krishna consciousness is like that. It is not meant for ordinary persons. Those who are very intelligent, they can understand it. Ordinary men, they cannot understand even that he's not this body. What will he understand about Krishna? Therefore, the beginning understanding is that I am not this body. When you are firmly convinced about the science that you are not this body, then Krishna consciousness begins. So here we show how to speak about Krishna consciousness to people. And we go, we see in Bhagavad Gita in the very beginning, chapter 2, Krishna is describing Dehi nosminyata dehe komaram yogaram jara tata dehandram pratir diras tatra namuyate. That the body is changing. We were all young. We were all middle-aged. Some of us are now in old age. Body changes, but the soul or ourself is always the same. That 
I am not this body, is the most important point to explain to people, to try to begin to understand what spiritual life is. Uh, people can't understand love of Krishna if they don't even know who they are. So one has to learn how to preach by seeing how Prabhupada preaches that I am not this body. And uh, I'll be honest to tell you that when I heard that I am not this body, even though I was brought up in Christian family and went to church every week with my parents since I was a child, I did not understand that I am not this body. By studying other religions, I did not understand I'm not this body. It's so clear. And if I'm not this body, then what am I? Then I'm a soul. And if I'm a soul, what, what, what am I supposed to be doing? Working day and night just to support the body and make a living in this world? Or am I supposed to be doing spiritual activity, which is the activity of the soul, which we describe as bhakti yoga or devotional service? So there's one other point that Mr. Singer brings up. He's asking about, uh, he, he asked Prabhupada about his, uh, you know, he understood that Prabhupada used to be a family man, a businessman be, before he retired and eventually took sannyas. So he, he says, Brian says, uh, how did you find the transition or how did it affect you, the transition from leading a life in the business world? So he's asking how Prabhupada transitioned from businessman to acharya, preacher, sannyasi, pure devotee. And so and this is very interesting because most of us, our business people, are involved in making a living. I would say anyone who's married is making a living. So Prabhupada says, uh, says business world is not bad. Why do you think that because I was businessman, therefore I could not become preacher? And then uh, and Prabhupada continues, this, uh, this is our regulated principle, that first of all you be trained up as brahmachari. Then you enter into family life. When you retire from family life, then you become a sannyasi. This is a general uh, procedure not that you shall stick to one position. So a businessman does not mean he's fallen man. He can become first-class Krishna conscious. So this is very interesting and uh, encouraging to us. Not just because you're doing business doesn't mean you're fallen. It's just a part of the Varnashram life of supporting the family. but not that you're doing some sinful activity to support your family, too. We, I mean, personally, I've seen, and I, you know, most of the people listening here are, are from Indian background, but we see that uh, Dunkin' Donuts or some restaurant, non-veg products, this is sinful. You're going to suffer for this. You can't, you can't be doing sinful activities and become a, a good devotee. So one should avoid... An activity or a or a, a way of making a living that is sinful and harmful to others, namely killing of animals. We see so many Indian restaurants, veg, non-veg, very few pure veg ones around. 
so many Dunkin' Donuts, they sell, you know, bacon and meat products. So just making that comment. And then uh, the last thing that Brian Singer says, that they're talking about the business, Prabhupada says, um, everyone can be a devotee. It is a question to understand that I am not this body. That is beginning. So a businessman can try to understand, a lawyer can try to understand, or a philosopher can try to understand. Everyone can do that. The real point is, first of all, try to understand that you are not this body. So, so where is the uh, tampering becoming a businessman or a family man or this or that? There is no hampering. We are trained up from the very beginning from our life by our parents. We've got this opportunity. And businessman, no businessman, it doesn't matter. Ahoytaki, apratiyataya, yatma, suprasiditi. Namely, that's a Bhagavatam verse, that there's no impediment to take up Krishna consciousness. So here Prabhupada is explaining that he had the opportunity. Uh, fortunately, his parents were great devotees even though they, his father was a cloth merchant in Calcutta. That was his occupation. He probably would talk about it. But Prabhupada said he also always had Shalagram Shila he would wear around his neck. He was a, you know, worshipped the Shalagram, and at home he had his altar. And the whole family was involved in Krishna consciousness. So he said that we were trained up from the very beginning of our life by our parents. So that is a great opportunity to have parents that are Krishna conscious. I personally did not have Krishna conscious parents, but I was fortunately directed to the devotees while I was searching for the meaning of life and spirituality. And that is uh, everyone's good fortune to somehow or other come in contact with a devotee. And that's why Prabhupada stresses that the devotees try to spread Krishna consciousness to everyone to give them this opportunity. And the very first point to, to tell people, to talk, to preach to people and explain to them is that we are not these bodies. You're not man, you're not woman, <clears throat> you're not brahmachari, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, you know, you're not uh, uh, brahmana, kshatriya, vaisha, sudra, <clears throat> you're pure spirit soul. And this was Mahaprabhu's. He said, Kiva Vipra, Kiva Nyasi, Sudra Kenanaya, Ye Krishna Tattaveda Se Guru Hoya. He said, I'm not, a, I'm not a sannyasi, I'm not a sudra. He said, I'm just a, a devotee of Krishna. That's all. That is my identification. So this is what Krishna consciousness means, to try to understand uh, we're not this body is the very first thing. Understanding the universe, like we're reading in these verses, this is for a uh, higher subject, uh, not understood by most. Uh, only most of us, uh, you know, we'll look up at the stars at night and say, that's beautiful. Krishna says he's the light of the sun and the moon. We can remember Krishna by seeing these things. But as far as understanding the universe, we're in... Uh, deep ignorance generally. <laughs> That's why the, the Bhagavatam gives us a glimpse as to other places, other, other worlds, and what goes on there. And we see that uh, Varnashram is going on, uh, retiring and meditating on the super soul within the Antaryami, 
is going on uh, in this world. Most people are engaged in worldly activities, uh, wasting their life. So Prabhupada said, when he preaches, he says, uh, the dog or the cat cannot understand Krishna consciousness. They do not have the ability. The animals do not understand what is spiritual life. But the human being, he can understand what is Krishna consciousness. So this is the importance of the human life, is that we have this ability to inquire, atato brahma jignasa, to inquire, what is, uh, why am I here? What is the purpose? Am I here just to make money and just to support my family? You know, that is an activity, an important activity, part of life but that isn't my purpose of existence. My purpose of existence is to revive my dormant original God consciousness and realize uh, my relationship with Krishna and engage in that relationship through the process of the nine processes of devotional service given in the Bhagavatam. Prahlad Maharaj describes Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smarnam, Parasevanam, Archanam, Vandanam, Dasham, Sakyam, Atmani, Vedanam. So these are the activities of Krishna consciousness, beginning with hearing and chanting, remembering, uh, repeating. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smarnam, Parasevanam, then serving, serving the lotus feet of the Lord. So in this way, we engage ourselves fully in Krishna consciousness. So I'll stop here. And if there's some uh, questions, please feel free to ask. Hare Krishna, Guruji, Dandut Pranam, Jai Sila Prabhupada. Wonderful, wonderful nectar. Thank you so much for uh, enlightening. As you said, mentioned yeah, it's a difficult, you know, this section of the Bhagavatam, it, like I said, there's not many purports, and it's a, it's a detailed subject, something we should hear, not something we're going to understand, but we should know it exists. <laughs> you wonderfully <laughs> managed, like, Prabhuji, by narrating the Sila Prabhupada's uh, conversion with the report on how Sila Prabhupada's preach, you know, his Prabhupada's style of preaching is unique, you know. He wonderfully explains how one can, you know, grow uh, slowly. I mean, as the Prabhupada mentioned, not everyone be like PhD and MA like that, you know, everyone will not take Krishna consciousness, only intelligent soul will be interested. It's so nice. Yeah, you know. we should understand that, Prabhupada. It's not meant for ordinary persons. And... I mean, we all have an experience where we're all in this world, we're working in this world, and we have, uh, you know, we're at, at offices and co-workers, uh, and uh, we cannot expect that they will understand Krishna consciousness, but at least they can appreciate that we are living a pure life, that we are, you know, we're not going to happy hour drinking, we're not eating meat, we're not uh, chasing the women, we're, we're, they don't know what Brahman means. They don't know what mode of goodness is, but they can see that these people are um, dedicated, spiritual, good people. And that's how, uh, that is our best preaching. At least they can appreciate that, uh, you know, we are Krishna conscious people and uh, we live a clean life, a mode of goodness life. 
Maybe you've become fortunate. Somebody will ask a little bit more, but most will not ask. You know, preaching is Manushanam uh, Sahasreshu. Krishna says that it's rare. Out of thousands of monks, men, one may try to attain perfection. So we should not expect that everyone wants to take up Krishna consciousness. Prabhupada said, he said it so many times. He said, I'm selling diamonds. If someone's selling diamonds, there are not many buyers because they're very expensive. If you're selling uh, costume jewelry, uh, you can sell so much of it. So he gave that example. He also gave the example of the sky. He said, uh, just one moon will illuminate the whole sky, and so many stars uh, will not attain the same effect. So he said, we're looking for that, that one devotee, one person who becomes a good devotee of Krishna. Not that we want many many useless followers. We don't. We're not looking for that. We're, try, we're That's why he said in the beginning. From the beginning, he said, "Do you want to be purified? You have to follow these principles." Like I said, these yoga groups uh, and yoga organizations—they never discuss vegetarian diet uh, or no intoxication, uh, no drinking. Uh, not even an intoxication of coffee and tea. They never talk, talk about these things. They just say, pay money, pay, come to our classes, learn how to stretch your body, and, uh, and that's it. You know, they're not teaching anything uh, spiritual. But I, Prabhupada I, didn't want that. Prabhupada could have come and, you know, there's so many yoga groups, uh, and I'm thinking of various swamis that came and just taught yoga, and they, they made good money. Prabhupada said, I'm not charging anything. Uh, just think how, how the movement, in, I mean, I was there in the beginning of the movement. I joined in 71. We had our temple. We had no way of an income. We weren't charging for classes. We'd give free, free Sunday feast. We'd give classes uh, every evening, and we'd go out chanting. And the only way we supported ourselves was through uh, selling of the Back to Godhead magazines. In the early days, we didn't even have larger book distribution. And then uh, one devotee uh, started the incense business, and we had the incense that they sold to the stores. And that, that's actually what paid, you know, paid the rent. And, uh, the prophet said, I'm not charging anything, but we have a building that costs rent. We have heat utilities to pay. We have food bills. It, it, it was not uh, – we, <laughs> we were living, uh, you know, like in, in – Half of our temples didn't have heat on half the time because we couldn't afford it. Uh, so early days were quite austere. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah yes, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Minada's comment question. Please go ahead. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. Go ahead, Partha Prabhuji. You go ahead. Okay, so I was uh, like uh, when I think of uh, the switch, compare the situation of today's uh, uh, finance and uh, uh, and those days where you were there with uh, selling back back to Godhead and Vishnu Bhagavatam, and with that money, I mean, you made such so many temples. I really wonder how much of dedication and. Uh, 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 diligence uh, you had and and the uh, and the um, uh, mercy of Krishna that with that money made so many I I can I can I cannot fathom the 
uh, and, uh, how how it would be possible in today's day and age. I uh, we are making a temple in New Jersey here, and it's so so difficult to get um, uh, the finance and that uh, was. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I I uh, more more and more I think of you, you uh, Prabhu, and uh, all the uh, devotees uh, who joined at the are uh, supported Mr. Prabhupada in the early days. I more and more I for I want to. I, my mind fills with uh, uh, so much gratitude, so much of respect uh, and reverence uh, and the quality of feet, brother. So much, you you are so much dedicated because of you only. The movement is there today. We are reaping the benefit of your dedication, your uh, your um, surrender to the mm-hmm. cause of your brother. Yes, the the early early days, uh, the the first devotees that joined in 1966-67, uh, they had some job, so they 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 had a job, and they they would give all their earnings to uh, Prabhupada, and that's what was able to pay the rent to, on 26 Second Avenue in New York, the first center. And and then he he sent devotees out. You go open a center, but you know there was no economic plan. There's no there was no and nor did we have Indian donors. Nowadays, most of our centers are supported by the Indian community, and they participate in the programs and become initiated and uh, understand Krishna consciousness. But in the early days, there were no Indian donors. Uh, it was all American boys and girls. And uh, young young yeah. people, everybody was young. Everybody was uh, mid, mid young, low mid twenties. There, there weren't, you know, everybody was young. <laughs> it, was, it was quite a phenomenon. Uh, and uh, and gradually, uh, through the sale of books, Prabhupada said, through the sale of books, we will support the society. And and that's why devotees became enthusiastic to go out go out on chanting. Uh, chanting parties and and also distributing of literature to people yeah mm-hmm. wonder i mean and this uh, other mayavadis they came and made money and then they made distorted in the sanatana dharma the real yeah. message uh-huh. of god it's so unfortunate right. uh, more and more think of it i realize how when Prabhupada uh, wanted his followers, the disciples, to include that Nidvishya Sundavadi, I realized because he he felt a pain for the people who have been uh, who have been uh, misled to the wrong uh-huh. conclusion by this Mayavad. So it's uh, so uh, because of his uh, that one only Prabhupada uh, included made a point to include that in his Pranam Mantra. So I remember again and again that we do not do not fall into that trap, and we rescue others from that trap. Yes, yes, that is the compassion of the devotee that he wants to uh, save uh, save everyone from gliding down to becoming animals again. You know that's the whole yep. idea. Human life, human life. We have the opportunity. The animals have no opportunity to take up Krishna consciousness. So. But uh, then again, uh, nobody wants it. <laughs> Prabhupada said, "I am, you know, I've come here, and you know, very few people take to it." 
because people are in the covered by ignorance. So therefore, we, yeah. we have that common prayer, Om Ajnana Timirandasya, Ajnana Salakaya, that the Guru opens our eyes with the uh, torchlight yeah. of knowledge. So, yeah. But it's unique how people, you know, that's people always ask me, how how is it that you become? Because there's so many Western people that, that are not coming, you know. It it is according to the Bhagavad Gita, our past lives we uh, were incomplete yogis who were working on becoming yeah. complete. Uh, that yeah. is the only reason someone is attracted. Autom- I was automatically attracted. I didn't take long time to join. I I met the devotees and I said, "This is what I want to do." But I was still in high school at the time, so I wasn't uh, uh, still living at home with my parents. So it was unique. And it's still going mm-hmm. Right. Mayavadi influencing the end. They're saying, oh, we will understand God by realization. I say, at first mm-hmm. you come out of your throne, first come out of your mode of ignorance, mode of uh, passion. And then Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita that Sarvartan Viparitam se buddhisa partha tamasi. The realization of a tamasi, if I follow, I'll go in the wrong direction. So that is the concept. Mm-hmm. This is so... Uh, is misled by the wrong interpretation. It's very, very pathetic. Right, right. So therefore, very difficult. our centers are centers of education. Our temples are places of education. Like, like now, now there, you know, now that the Indian community, there's so many Indian immigrants have come to America, uh, engineers and doctors and uh, financially successful group of immigrants. They're building Hindu temples. Every big city has several Hindu temples. But if you go to the Hindu temple, there's there's like no education program. Prabhupada said our program yeah. is to educate people, not just come and you know have the Brahmin uh, say the prayers and uh, offer the banana and the incense uh, and you get some cheap blessings. No, we want you to be actually take up Krishna consciousness and pr- practice it at home. Learn learn how to be uh, a, a devotee. And not just superficial. And 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 the problem with that that superficialness is that the children uh, don't. You know, people born in India they have some good background, but their children who are brought born here and go to public school and associate with Western people, uh, and they uh, don't have that same upbringing, and they 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 don't take to uh, Krishna consciousness as much as their parents did. Even there, uh, we all know, uh, many families, uh, the parents are vegetarian, but they, they let the kid eat meat because uh, they feel, yeah. they say, I don't want him to feel like he uh, doesn't fit in, that he's uh, something odd. 
you know. Or he needs me to be strong so he can do the sports. <laughs> That's an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> our, our, all, <laughs> our June and all the Pandavas are very strong, but they're not, they're, you know, <laughs> you know, they have plenty of strength. And, and this, but, you I, know, I this, yeah, yeah, we'll go ahead. Mm -hmm. So that's the idea. The Centers of education yeah, are temples. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a uh, acronym for this kind of people, as you are saying, the American, uh, the second generation. This is a, that called M A B C D, American born confused DC. DC means uh, <laughs> people who come from. Uh -huh. <laughs> right, they're confused, and their parents don't know the don't know the Bhagavad Gita, don't know the philosophy. They don't even know why they're vegetarians, if they are. Yep. And uh, and the, the next generation is lost, and then the kid, and then we see that the kid ends up marrying some American boy or girl, and uh, it's all over with them. You know, there's no hope. Or there's always hope, but there's a lot less hope, you know. So anyway, these things are. And it, even in India, they, you know, the Maya is there. Maya is everywhere. So what to do? Kali Yuga, as we say. So therefore, we have to help to try to spread Krishna consciousness. So any other comments or questions? Hare Krishna Prabhuji, Dhanak Pranam, all glories to Sri Prabhupada Guru Maharaj. Uh, Prabhuji, like, uh, I just wanted to make a comment, like, I know some friends of mine whose children would go to Chinmaya Mission, which is another right. Mayavadi institute, you know, and there, right. there was a lady who used to preach and, uh, you know, give classes and all, and they never ever stopped anyone from, you know, uh, in, oh, I attended one or two classes in which she said that, uh, we don't interfere in anybody's personal life because uh, if they're eating meat or whatever, it's their personal choice. But we encourage you to come here and learn about Mahabharat, Ramayana, and we have these books. They have these books written, uh, even the Bhagavad Gita, which is written, uh, you know, under Chinmayananda, something like that. Some names are there. And uh, so, and I would, and then they would take a yearly money, you know, $300, uh, and so many Indian families were going there. And their children were going there. And now those children are out in the work field. They completely forgot, forgotten the culture. And they're uh, into the, you know, uh, ways of just uh, breaking all the regulations. And whatever they mm. learned, what did, I mean, what did that give, give to them? But the thing is, the, the parents are in so much of illusion. First, they have to clear up and then, you know, they can, uh, like, uh, give something to their children like that. So, um, well, of course, yeah. we, it's, yeah. it's interesting to know, at least specifically, specifically with Indian families, is that they push the mundane education as the goal of life. Become doctor, become engineer, get PhD, even for the women and, of course, for the boys, but everyone, they push the education, but they do not emphasize any kind of spiritual you know, uh, development. So yes. Krishna does not say by becoming PhD you can understand me. He says 
You can only start understand me through devotional service, through the nine processes, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu. You know, yes. this, I mean, becoming PhD or education, this is for, uh, this is for uh, making a living. It is not for realization. You're not going to realize God by going to college. There's no, there's no, you know, there's no spiritual subjects in the school. So it's, it's, you know, it's for getting a job, becoming, a, becoming a successful, money, getting a good living. But it, it is not going to enlighten you, shall we say. So, I mean, nothing, you want to get it, be a doctor, be a doctor, that's fine, you know. But uh, and we're not telling you not to be a doctor. We're not saying don't go to college. But we're saying add Krishna also. You know, don't just emphasize one side. Make, make, give, give both sides on life. Your spiritual and material, you need to, you need to be equal, equal posed. Not that we expect your children to become sannyasis, maybe when they're old, but at least become Krishna conscious and add Krishna to what you're doing. Yes, and do it for Krishna. I also feel that some of the, you know, like uh, Indians uh, who are living in America, who are from, uh, they have accumulated a lot of wealth here. And, you know, uh, and what has happened is that they, on the contrary, have become more insecure. So all the time they tell their children that, you know, this is my experience. I've, I've noticed in my, some distant family that, oh, you're not going to be earning anything. You will not be, you'll be working in McDonald. You will do this. So in the process, what has, has happened is the sons that have grown, no, they have immediately taken to some job or the other and they want to get away from the parents and there is like always this, it's like, you know, there's no family unit and, you know, the more they accumulate the Indians, I mean, because, you know, we're not this body, so all of them coming from Indian background, but why should we, you know, like categorize us like that, but, you know, having gained uh, knowledge from the scriptures which Srila Prabhupada has given us, I realized that, you know, the Indians, they are like, the more money they have, the more, and, you know, they will dress up in parties, even the ladies and all, which we mm. won't even think of wearing in a wedding. They will wear one day, one outfit, and, and so much money they will spend going to India and buying those outfits, which are 10, 10,000, 20, 20,000, uh, you know, rupees. And they'll wear it mm. one time. Too much money they waste. And uh, mm. because I come across uh, this because of the Indian community, and I'm like, so, I get so, and I'll get, like, Thanksgiving, you know, is coming. So I got to invite. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm going for Kirtan to Alachua. <laughs> they're having 24-hour Kirtan. Yeah, they're having. By the way, for you're in Alachua, uh, my uh, daughter and uh, son-in-law, Goravani is my son-in-law, this Kirtan person. So uh, him and.